0: Thank mm-hmm.
1: It's another edition of the Talking Mets Podcast here on this Sunday, June the 11th, 2017. Of course, I'm your host, Mike Silva, here. We always appreciate our sponsor here, the the guys who support the show, com. Send me a tweet at Mike Silva Media, and you can check out the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio, pretty much whatever podcasting service you desire. I'm pretty much there. I would greatly appreciate it if you can leave me a review at iTunes. It seems to be, as I say, a new thing that uh, helps a little bit in getting the word out about this program. Hope everybody's doing well here on this steamy hot Sunday. It looks like summer has finally arrived here in New York. Uh, I think it was 96 degrees out here on Long Island, and uh, hopefully it was equally as pleasant where you are. For a while there, I, I felt like we were watching September baseball in May. And the way the Mets were playing, it looked like it was a meaningless game in September. But uh, the weather has heated up. Uh, the Mets have uh, heat up in Orlando. Have heated up in Orla- uh, Orlando. In Atlanta. Orlando. Geez, I'm thinking about Florida. In Atlanta. And uh, have won the last three. Took three out of four in Atlanta and then uh, split the series in Texas. And a solid road trip for the Mets. And uh, today, uh, as we get into the MLB draft next week and all the chatter. That has been going on about Ahmed Rosario. I thought it was a great opportunity to catch up with Russ Langer, the play by play voice of the Las Vegas 51s. If you remember, Russ was on the program last year. We had a chance to catch up with him about some of the prospects uh, at that time. Both, uh, I think, Dom- both Dominic Smith and Rosario were not on the 51s. Uh, this year they are. Those are the two names that we're most interested in. We'll also get into is there any help for the bullpen? Are there arms for the bullpen? that the Mets can uh, take a look at, and, and eventually they're going to need help. And it, it may have to come uh, from Las Vegas. They signed Daniel Bard today. I don't know how that's going to work out, but they signed former Red Sox top prospect and uh, had a pretty good season with the Red Sox a while back, Daniel Bard. So, he, you know, he's in the mix now. We'll ask him about Pedro Lopez, who uh, some feel is a, a manager in waiting, uh, an organizational guy that's moved through the ranks here. Uh, In the Mets organization, and who knows what's going to happen with Terry Collins after the year. He doesn't have a contract. Mets seem to uh, prefer organizational type of guys, and Pedro Lopez falls into that. And I'll even ask him about uh, Frank Viola, get an idea of uh, what kind of pitching coach, because he's starting to get noticed, and uh, he he interviewed for some big league jobs in the offseason, and I have a feeling Frankie V, if it doesn't happen with the Mets, will eventually get a job in the big league. So I had a chance to catch up with Russ before the 51s took on the Tacoma Rainiers, earlier this evening, so you'll hear that. I had a a limited time, but it's chock full of some good information, so we'll get to that in just a few minutes. As far as where the Mets are and kind of the state of the union that I do here every week, and I've been spending a good deal of the last two or three podcasts ranting and raving about Terry Collins and Worthen and the leadership and this team and I don't want to really do that, although there's still some things that happened this week that really bugged me, which I'll at least gloss over a little bit here. Let's just look at where this team is at. And I think Rich Catino on Twitter, our buddy Rich Catino over at 98.7 ESPN, really said it best, that right now you have to look at this as the charge towards the All-Star break, because you have about a month till the All-Star break. And you have approximately, and I checked it out, 26 games until the All Star break. And if the Mets want to be at or above 500, they have to be at 16 and 10. That put them a game over. 15 and 11 would put them uh, slightly under. I think you really have to go because right now, let's take a look right here. Uh, the Mets after the uh, the win today uh, are 28 and 33. So if you go 16 and 10, that puts you a game over. and puts you a game under. I really think you need to be at or above 500 at the All-Star break, and then you could really be taken seriously. Now, whether or not Arizona pulls away or something happens, who knows? Because right now there's seven back Arizona in the wild card, and that's all I'm looking at is that second wild card. Really the second wild card, not in the first wild card, because you have L.A. in that spot, and I don't think L.A. is going to play back to the competition, and Colorado is having a great start, And I don't think they're going to pull back to the competition. So I really think you only have one shot at the playoffs. Old school wild card chase, second wild card spot, go on the road, trying to win a road playoff game to get into the tournament, the second year row. Not acceptable, not by my definition where this team should be. But it's reality, and this is what you have to deal with. Now, can they do it? I really think this charge to the All-Star break, and it starts with a seven-game homestand, is the determining factor. You can't mess around anymore. And I always say, yeah, you can mess around until you know, 80 games in. Look, they're 28 and 33. Uh, that somewhat games in. Um, you, still, you still are over the 100-game mark, so you have plenty of baseball left. But this is really going to make it where either this is going to be a meaningless second half And God help us, because we'll be talking about the Mets as sellers. There'll be very little juice. There won't even be be juice for the Subway Series, which for the first time in August might have a little bit of juice because the Yankees are playing well. You think the Mets would have something to play for. And that hasn't been the case where these teams have been co-joined at really any point. So these next 26 games, and it starts tomorrow with the Cubs coming in. They have Seth Lugo back, and Seth Lugo looked pretty good. You know it shows you you don't have to throw 95 miles an hour. everybody's worried, oh, he's not throwing as hard as he did. You got to pitch. you've got to move the ball around, you've got to locate your pitches, you've got to change speeds. that's pitching. and I think Stephen matched did a little bit of that as well. Now, the Braves are not a good baseball team, but this is a ballpark that plays the very small, especially the right field it's amazing. the ball flies out of here. So it could have been. One of those games, and you saw it. Seth Lugo made a big pitch in the fifth inning today to get the double play uh, off of Adams, and the Mets won the 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 replay. That was a tough call for the umpire at first. That was a bang, literally a bang bang play, and you know that's why you need replay. That's what that's what it's there for. So you really have a situation here where the Mets have kind of move the narrative away from the negativity because they were pretty much, if they had a lousy series in Atlanta and God forbid lost three or four or did not win the Zach Wheeler game in Texas, which by the way was Terry Collins, classic Terry Collins buffoonery leaving Jerry Blevins in against the righty batter. Now I know he did it today in the eighth inning with Ken, but I wasn't crazy about it, but you did have the lefty after him. So when you, when you sandwiched, I could understand it and Kemp could only at that point tie the game. You have a guy that could go and – I mean, and I know that's with, 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 with Chirinos. What is it? Chirinos, the, the catcher for Texas. I have to learn how to pronounce his name here. Uh, he wound up tying the game. To me, that was with two outs. It was, it was ready-made for a righty, whether it be Reed coming in for a longer save, a four-out save, or bringing in Seawold, or, or what have you. Uh, that's where Terry Collins with bullpen management, to me, just drops the ball. He lacks a feel. In that situation, Blevins, especially because small sample size, Sharino's uh, had like a 900 OPS against uh, right lefties, so you know that to me is exactly where he fails. The other thing that really kind of bothered me about Terry this week, and and I, I'm starting to listen to these Wayne Randazzo interviews pregame, is they were talking about how important it was for you know Cespedes coming back, and we know that. It's pretty obvious how important it is to get Cespedes back. I mean, I don't think you have to you know, go in there and uh, you know, go through the, the, the reasons why it's important for Cespedes to be back. But one of the things that really bothered me a little bit is how he talked about how the club was a little tired. They needed days off this week, how getting guys like Mats and Lugo and, and Cespedes would give them a little bit of pep. And I'm saying to myself, if they don't have Pep now and this is what they need, well, then there's a problem. Like they could have competed and played a hell of a lot better than they did without those three guys. Those three guys put them in a different conversation. So that's where I see like that's the manager's job. And then you're hearing some talk, and this will get into the whole is Rosario-ready conversation uh, about how one of the concerns the organization has – is with the clubhouse, and I believe it was in a Kevin Kernan article this morning, or, or this, this, this weekend. I should have you know really wrote that down and found out exactly, but it was in one of the articles out there. It was kind of buried in there about how the concern about bringing Rosario up is that he, he would replace Cabrera. And how would that sit, replacing a very popular veteran in that clubhouse? I don't care. Now if Rosario comes up and pulls a Greg Jeffries, where where he really doesn't and Jeffries, some of that, you know, not to get into that story, I don't know if it was all he didn't handle it well, but there was a lot of animosity towards the publicity that Jeffries got. I could see maybe a Rosario in the, in the same kind of way falling into that category. But the kid's got energy. He clearly is a better defensive player. He's got a good bat. Um he seems ready. He's at a, playing at a level in Las Vegas that I don't think it's a Pacific Coast League thing. And they need defense up the middle. I mean, yeah, Cabrera made a couple of really good plays today. And that's the kind of plays you expected because that's what he did last year, even though his range isn't great. And, he's, and listen, even at, at, at as bad as Cabrera is, he's a huge upgrade over what Wilma Flores was at shortstop. And, and Reyes, to be fair, is not much of a, a, an upgrade these days from Cabrera defensively as well, offensively and defensively. But, you know, to me, that that's the kind of garbage, that kind of mindset. That's a losing mindset. And I really don't think the veterans on this team are like that. I could be wrong. I'm not in the clubhouse all the time. And the fact that it's even being talked about and the writers feel inclined to even mention it in a piece tells me there may be some validity to it. But... To me, that's, the, that's where it falls on the manager. The manager can't allow that. And I really feel that the manager and the players are far too comfortable with taking time off in season, falling behind, and then kicking it into gear. And you know what? Now that you're going to try to kick it into gear, let's see if that gear is there. Because a lot of times, they're not the first team to try to kick it into gear, and it ain't there. It happens in every sport. Look at the Washington Nationals a couple of years ago, back when the Mets won the division. You kept hearing that. Now, there were other issues in that clubhouse, but they tried to kick it into gear a couple of times. It wasn't there. Now the Mets have used a series against a bad team to kick it a little bit into gear. Now they play the big boys. They play teams like Chicago and Washington. And if you could beat these teams at home and then go on the West Coast and compete and win and stay at or above 500 in all those scenarios and get to that 16-10 and 10 by the All-Star break, then maybe you're showing me something. Then maybe you're a force to be reckoned with. What will that put you, 44 and 43 at the All-Star break, in terms of games behind in the wild card? I don't know. Because Arizona, I don't know what to think of them. They look pretty tough when the Mets play them, but they're not unbeatable, and they're also home. So the Mets are in a position where we're not here yet. And, and one of the reasons why I had Russ Langer scheduled for this Sunday is I was waiting, for, waiting to really say, hey, let's get these kids up. Let's start talking about the future, because this season's going to hell in a handbag. And I'm still not happy where they are, and I still think they're blowing a golden opportunity because they have a pretty good offensive team. They're not great defensively. They never really have been under Sandy Alderson. The pitching has really underperformed. But now you're starting to see Matts and Lugo. And I'll tell you what, they're going with the six starters. I'm not really a big fan of the six-man rotation. But these guys are all pitching. I think eventually one of these guys has to go into the bullpen because they're going to need help. And if it doesn't come from Vegas going to come somewhere, and it's got to come from that rotation. And if you look at the one guy, and we glazed over it last week, and we'll probably talk about it more to see how you know, he starts to continue to perform, the one guy who makes the most sense right now is Matt Harvey. Because I think Lugo can navigate a lineup and, and pitch when he doesn't have his best stuff. We've seen DeGrom do it. I know he's had a couple of lousy starts. Let's see where he's at. You know, Matt's, to me, that's not a bullpen guy. Gazelman, maybe, but Gazelman's really kicked it into gear. Harvey's the guy. Harvey's the guy that, that I feel stands out. You're not going to put, obviously, Wheeler in the bullpen for a variety of reasons. Now, he has innings limitations, so maybe that's why they're throwing the sixth starter in so they don't lose him. But right now, you should be able to compete in every ballgame. What's it going to come down to? What it always has come down to in the Terry Collins era. How he manages that bullpen in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. And today he did a nice job. He pushed the starter into the seventh inning. It was his first start back. He might have made a yard, and it was probably hot out there. It was pro- you know, I-, I can't complain about not pushing him into the eighth. But you might have been able to push him a little bit into the eighth inning, but you had the lefties coming up, and that made sense. That made sense. So um, things are looking up. I'm not ready. And I will tell you, and I'll stand by this, until they get to 500, I'm only talking about this is a plan and an attitude and a mindset about getting to par to be able to be considered a contender. They are not a contender until they get to par. And that might not happen until a month from now. You've got to play a good 30 days. That's the, what ha- this hole has created. The batting game decisions, the lackluster play, a lot of stuff that this team should not, even with what's happened, be as far behind as they are to 500. Anyway, let's take a break. When I return, you'll hear Russ Langer Play-by-play voice for the Las Vegas 51s. We'll talk about Ahmed Rosario, Dominic Smith. Uh, We'll see. Is there any help down there for the bullpen? What is this guy Pedro Lopez all about? Who knows? He might be the next Mets manager. And as I always like to ask, Frankie V, Frank Viola, former Cy Young Award winner. He's been in the Mets organization for a while. I think that's a guy that could help this team at the big league level. And they better wake up and get him up here because um, eventually he's going to get a job somewhere. So let's hear what Russ Langer thinks about Frankie V. Anyway, let's take a quick break, and when we return, Russ Langer, play-by-play voice for the Las Vegas 51s will join us, and we'll get to see and hear what's going on down at the farm. We'll be right back.
2: Pass ball, driven to deep left field. Back goes Cuevas at the track. Cuevas at the wall, and this one's high off the wall. Cicchini's coming around third. Here he comes. Cicchini's on his way. The throw to the plate. Cicchini scores, and Las Vegas wins the game seven to six. The kid has done it again. 21-year-old Ahmed Rosario in the bottom 11th inning drives in to with a ball high off the wall in left field. And the 51s win the game in 11-inning 7-6. They win the series three games to two when they were down 2-0. We'll be back with the totals after this.
1: We're back and joining me is the Las Vegas 51's play-by-play man, 2015 Nevada Sportscaster of the Year, Russ Langer, and he's out in Tacoma before the 51's take on the Ring Years. And I had a, you know, figured to get a chance to catch up with him, a lot going on with the Mets and Vegas is a big part of it. Russ, pleasure to have you on again. How are you out there? Good, Mike. Things are nice,
2: nice and pleasant. Should have good weather today and it's a good matchup. Felix Hernandez on a rehab assignment pitching for Tacoma against uh, Rafael Montero's been throwing exceptionally well and beautiful day. Should have a nice crowd. So it should be a good day.
1: And Montero's very frustrating for Mets fans because he dominates in Vegas and uh, he comes up to the big leagues and he's a completely different pitcher, but maybe there's still something there, huh? Because the Mets uh, made a move earlier today to, to designate Sean Gilmartin. And it seems like Montero has nine lives.
2: Yeah, yeah, I would. It seems like he does, um, which is unusual for a right-hander. Usually, the lefties are the ones who have nine lives. But uh, he does have a, a powerful arm, and we know he was kind of hampered for a year or two with injuries and other issues. And so, um, but he's the way he is in Vegas. And again, I, you know, I've, as you pointed out, the numbers uh, in New York don't bear this out. But in Vegas, he has been uh, really outstanding this year. He's, he's pitched the best he's had since 2014.
1: Uh, you mentioned Felix Hernandez going against the 51s today, and it will be a good chance for Ahmed Rosario, I'm assuming he's in the lineup, uh, to go up against uh, some big league pitching. Everyone wants to hear about him. Uh, great article in the New York Post by Ken Davidoff uh, earlier today about Rosario's upbringing, his makeup. Uh, obviously, at every level, he's looking to not only achieve expectations but exceed them. Uh, everyone's excited about him here in New York. You've had a chance to watch him all year. Uh, is he as good as advertised? Give us a, a quick little scouting report about Ahmed Rosario.
2: Well, I think he is. I think that uh, this is not a case, as sometimes can be the case, of an organization over-hyping somebody. Ahmed Rosario is only 21 years old. He's got a quick bat. He's got a, He's a line drive hitter with occasional power. Um, he, he definitely is uh, somebody who has exceptional speed, and so his base stealing credentials are, are good, and his instincts are good defensively he's major league caliber and um one of the best things about him is that he plays hard all the time there seems to be a new breed unfortunately of players uh, in in the minor leagues at least where you know and this is not i'm not saying that this is prevalent but it's it's increasingly noticeable where, where where players uh want to look cool to their teammates and one of the ways they want to look cool is to not necessarily look like they care about winning which is unfortunate. Ahmed Rosario does not fall for any of that stuff. He goes hard all the time, and uh, he's he's beating out routine ground balls to the left side of the infield, and and uh, hustle to beat double play balls. And uh, he's been uh, he's been the whole package. Now, ready, whether he's ready to come up right now and and do well against major league pitching, hard to say. Uh, he might need a little more time here. Uh, you, they don't. I know they don't want to rush him. I know there's an arbitration clock that they don't want to start too soon. Uh, but certainly. He's playing very well. In the last week or so, um, his average has dipped a little bit. But the the good thing is it has not affected his attitude or the way he approaches the game. And and he's working hard to to refine what he needs to work on.
1: The other part of that excitement that that New York fans have, uh, which has been largely due to early season struggles by the Mets, is Dominic Smith. Now, they don't have as pressing of a need at first base right now. But Dominic Smith, uh, you've heard about the glove. You know, he struggled at times early in his minor league career with the bat, specifically with power. That's come around. I understand the Pacific Coast League, but similar to Rosario, when I look at Pacific Coast League numbers, his seam, even though uh, there may be some inflation to them, legit. You can see that there's um, that next level uh, of, of average, those guys who go down there and, and, and dominate to a certain extent. Is Dominic Smith also someone that Mets fans should be equally excited about uh, after you know hearing a little bit there about Rosario? I'm
2: not going to say I think it would be unfair to Dominic to to come right out and say that Mets fans should be equally excited about Dominic Smith. But there's certainly something to be said for, for the ability that Dominic Smith shows and has shown. This is a big guy who, first of all, uh, is a line drive hitter. He does have some power. He goes the opposite way very, very well. And he's extremely good around the bag. I mean, for for a guy his size, he's a big guy. You don't expect him to be as agile necessarily around the bag as he has been, but certainly he's, he's shown that um, a couple things that he probably could work on. He could probably, he he needs to be able to hit good pitching a little better. Um, many of the hits that he's had have come off um, either pitchers who are borderline as far as their ability to be here or just on bad pitches. Um, so he needs to work on that a little bit. Sometimes pitch selection can be an issue and uh, you know, he hasn't hit lefties that well or that poorly. He's a 266 against lefties. And he's at three thirty nine against righties, so um, you know I think if he, he needs to learn to hit lefties a little better. So he's again he's only twenty two. I mean, and he's this is somebody who uh, time is certainly on his side, uh, but uh, I, I think that should Mets fans be excited about Dominic Smith? I think that they are should be very encouraged by what they have here because this is a talent. And uh, but although I you know I'm not going to put him quite in the, on the level of an Ahmed Rosario because Ahmed is a is a the type of guy who. Uh, comes around a, a lot less often than a power-hitting first baseman.
1: Joining me is uh, Russ Langer, uh, 51's uh, play-by-play man. Right before they take on the Tacoma Rainiers here on a Sunday, uh, mid-June here, Pedro Lopez is, uh, is the new manager of the 51's. Obviously, you guys had Wally Backman for a couple of years. Uh, Lopez has been an organizational guy. Uh, you know, Some say he may be a future major league manager. What could you tell us about Pedro Lopez and your experience in covering him and, and kind of what he's brought to the 51s this year?
2: Well, Pedro's in his first year at AAA, as you point out, Mike, and he's, he's learning. He's learning the very vast differences between managing a AA and managing a AAA. It's a whole different world. When you're managing a AAA, you, they're a su- substantial part of your roster, guys who've been in the big leagues. And, and some of those guys, once they come back down, some of them have a good attitude and some of them don't. And and it can be a struggle for AAA managers because this is the hardest level probably to manage at. Uh, in the big leagues, it's hard because you have more of a spotlight, uh, but you also have more help. At AAA, you have less help, but you are dealing with uh, sometimes guys who just don't want to be here. They believe that they should not be here. And then you're trying to keep the guys with the not-so-great attitude uh, away from from the guys who either have a good attitude or are kind of agnostic about the whole thing and are just going about their business day to day. Because once that negative attitude starts to rub off, um, that can reflect poorly on the whole team and you're the manager and, and let's face it, uh, you're the face of the team. So these are things that um, uh, I think, you know, Pedro may have had an idea about going in, but now he's experiencing it and it's not easy. And the, and the team has not won nearly as much as anybody had thought or hoped that they would. So, so Pedro's figuring things out, and it's a difficult thing. Now, the thing that Pedro has going for him is, first of all, he knows almost all these guys, having been at Binghamton for a number of years. He's also bilingual, so that also helps. And uh, he, he, I think he's he he's definitely has the aptitude to uh, to figure things out and understand about uh, about managing at this level and move forward. Uh,
1: One other thing about the, the roster, you know, it's no secret that the Mets need uh, some relief help. Uh, uh, Paul Seawald came up from the 51s earlier this year and has su- had some success. Uh, they just signed Daniel Bard earlier today. I don't know where he's going to be. I'm assuming double-A or triple-A. You see some interesting names. I-, I liked Ben Rowan in spring training. You have Jason Bradford. Kevin McGowan has a decent strikeout rate. Uh, Alberto Baldonado is someone that came up, has struggled, but has had uh, some hype throughout the system. It's so hard to assess here in New York other than with some basic stats. You know, who could help this team? I've mentioned some of those names. Are those names or is there somebody else I'm missing that potentially could help this Mets bullpen uh, as they head into uh, really an important stretch in their season?
0: Well, you
2: mentioned you did mention the key names. I think the fellow who is under the radar because he has pitched up there and at times has pitched well and at times has not pitched well is uh, Eric Adell, who, uh, although his ERA doesn't reflect it, the last five or six times out, he has seemed to flip a new switch. And by his own admission, earlier in the season, he'd go out for an inning or two and, and he'd pitch, he'd have a, just a small handful of pitches that would actually be quality pitches. The rest of them were not so quality. Uh, in the meantime, he is a fellow who in the last several outings has been the opposite. Um, almost all of his pitches have been good except for a few. And so he's been, uh, been excellent. Um, and so the last night you had another, another good outing. You mentioned Kevin McGowan. This is a guy who had one really bad outing. That's the only reason his ERA is over four. Other than that, this is a guy that throws 93-94 with a good slider and um, probably could be of help. Logan Taylor is a fellow who has been used in a short relief, long relief, a couple of spot starts, a power arm, sometimes gets behind hitters too much, can be a little off with his command, but he's got a fastball also in the low to mid-90s and a power curveball. And the other fellow I think that is who's a sleeper is a left-handed reliever, Kyle Regnall, who's a great story. He had a lot of time in independent ball, was working in a golf course in Florida, happened to bump into Phil Regan, who is, of course, with the Mets now. And uh, one thing led to another, a workout, a second workout, and now we're here, A. in AAA. And uh, his is a lefty who throws mid-90s. And, again, has had some control issues. But, you know, these are a couple of other guys to maybe keep an eye on for the bullpen.
1: Hey, last thing, I know you got to run and, and do the game, and we appreciate you being generous with your time today. Frank Viola watches over these guys, uh, and he watches over guys like a Seth Lugo and a – uh, Stephen Mats and guys who have been on rehab and we've heard a lot of great things and what a great asset he is to this Mets organization. Uh, what could you tell the fans about Frank Viola? They remember him. Uh, a large amount of them remember him from his playing days but he's really moved up the organization ranks when it comes to uh, his uh, his ability to be a really solid pitching coach and teach these guys and work with them and, and keep them healthy and hopefully get them to the big leagues.
2: Frank Viola is, is a world of experience as you point out and this is a this is just a good a good guy I mean, he's he's a fellow who uh uh is, has a tremendous amount of knowledge and experience and uh and he relates well to the pitchers sometimes we joke a little with frank because he seems to have a magic touch where if a pitcher gets into trouble he'll go out there to talk to him and immediately the guy whoever the pitcher happens to be will come up with a big pitch at the right time and get out of the mess and so uh you know it's almost uh, it's, it's almost become a running joke because it happens so often but uh, he relates well to the pitchers. They have, they have total respect for him. They know his background as a Cy Young winner, as a World Series MVP. And, uh, and he's also, he also plays another role. Uh, he's, a, he's a big, affable, kind of sugar bear type of uh, figure in that clubhouse. Um, and, and this is a clubhouse that needs that because if there's one thing that the uh, Las Vegas 51s have lacked in 2017, it's veteran leadership. Uh, the kind they had years ago with guys like Brandon Allen and Mike Hampson last year with Mark Krause, the list goes on. Um, but uh, so Frank plays that role in trying to keep people loose on top of all of his uh, experience and ability with regard to pitching. So he's been a very valuable member of his staff for the last couple of years.
1: Hey Russ, I know you got to run. Thanks. Thanks so much for doing this. Uh, be well today. It uh, sounds like a fun matchup and uh, let's catch up again. And, uh, have a great uh, rest. I think you have a homestand coming up, so have a safe flight and have a good homestand, and we'll talk again. Already
2: Sounds good, Mike. Thanks for having me on.
1: And that's Russ Langer, Las Vegas 51's play-by-play man. Uh, gave you some very interesting nuggets. Let's, uh, let's take a break and let's uh, I'll give you some of my comments on that. Very interesting things I thought he had to say about Dominic Smith. Interesting things to say about Frank Viola. Uh, I thought he was uh, pretty candid about Pedro Lopez, and he even gave you some positives about maybe a name or two in uh, the bullpen that potentially could help the Mets. You're listening to the Talking Mets podcast. Of course, you can check out the show all the time at MetsMarizedOnline.com. Send me a tweet at MikeSilvaMedia, and you can check out this show on SoundCloud, iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, pretty much whatever podcasting service you desire. Send me a review on iTunes; it is greatly appreciated. Let's take a quick break, and we'll wrap up with some final thoughts. And some of my thoughts about Russ Langer's comments right after this.
3: Hey, Mets fans, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. If you're looking for the best unbiased and independent coverage of the New York Mets, then look no further than MetsmerizedOnline.com. Metsmerized Online is the go-to place for comprehensive Mets coverage, including exclusive interviews, daily original articles, great weekly features, in-depth analysis, minor league reports, game-by-game breakdowns, and so much more. Find out why thousands of fans turn to Metsmerized online every day to get the latest news and opinions about the Mets. Coming from an impressive staff of the most passionate fans and skilled writers ever assembled all in one place. Check it out for yourselves, Mets fans. Go to Metsmerizedonline.com right now. That's Mets, M-E-R-I-Z-E-D, online.com, and get Metsmerized today.
1: Interesting stuff from Russ Langer there. Real interesting stuff. First off, here's quick synopsis uh, as we wrap up here. Number one, sounds like Rosario's ready hearing him talk. Uh, obviously, you know, he's not sure how he'll perform at the same level in the big leagues, but you got this sense hearing Russ talk that Rosario's ready, and he's special. He was very tempered in some of those words, but you got that feeling. Number two, Dominic Smith may not be ready, and he was less enthusiastic. Now I use the word dominance and on the same level because I'm look I'm talking in terms of the hype. But there was some pause there, and again he didn't say he's not a big league player who could contribute, but n- maybe not a guy who's going to hit 320. Uh, we know the glove is there. You know, is he a doubles guy? Can he hit 300 in the big leagues? Will his defense at first make up for? maybe some of the offensive shortcomings, but when somebody says he's doing the majority of his damage against guys who are either making mistakes and who will not be in the big leagues, well, that's going to change a lot when he gets up to the show. So they was a little bit more tempered with Dominic Smith. Sounds like Pedro Lopez is learning a little bit of how to manage a clubhouse. And he's, listen, the whole narrative about AAA and guys who don't care, I mean, that's been going on forever. I mean, he's Russ has been doing minor league baseball a long time, so I'm going to take him at his word. Um, but maybe it's becoming a little bit more of a situation in the minor leagues, and it's certainly something to watch when you have young, impressionable players, you know, like a Rosario. So that's his job: keeping the bums who are just there, looking to score a paycheck, and hope to get called up on, you know, some forty-man or some September call-up, or who are bitter about being there, keep them away from ruining a guy who has a lot of potential in a big future. So it sounds like Lopez has some work to do, learning on the job, and, and he's doing that, and AAA has been an experience for him. Now, the two very – one that's not surprising but was very exciting, but the one that was interesting was how he talked how great about Goodell. Now, I know Goodell has had some moments in the big leagues, but I remember they had that that article that – comment made by the Beat Riders where he had a dirty MRI a couple of years ago. It just made me think he's always going to have a bad arm. And uh, everybody remembers how he couldn't get three outs in game three of the uh, NLDS against the Dodgers a game. They had to bring Familia in. That was like a 10-run game, and I think Goodell gave him three or four runs pretty quickly. So, I you know, he, he always holds a special place in the heart, I think, of Mets fans. But that was interesting. He threw Goodell in there as an option. Uh, and he gave you a couple of other names to look at and potentially uh, keep an eye on. Finally, if you don't think Frank Viola is the answer for the Mets at the big league level, after hearing Russ Langer talk, I don't know what you're listening to. That is the pitching coach this team needs. That's a guy that has had success at a high level, had to overcome adverse, adversity. You know, I interviewed him many years ago, right before he started with the Mets. I think it was his, right before his first year, probably 2011, 2010, like around there. And he talked about how Johnny Padres helped him. I mean, he was a guy that was lost as well. And the fact that this guy goes out to the mound and, and calms people down and is able to have an impact, that's what you need. He's He's got a little bit of a um, sense of humor. He was always like that as a player. That's the guy you need. That's the guy that can could, could, could make a difference with these guys. Not the guy you got now. The guy you got now is a loser. He's never made an impact anywhere. And trust me, they'll still throw sliders. Worthen is not the only guy that could throw a slider or teach how to throw a slider. And if the Mets aren't smart and the Mets don't keep that guy and promote that guy ASAP, I personally would. I'd promote him right now. I'd fire Dan Worthen, man. I know a lot harder to do. But, you know, you can do it. Look at the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, excuse me, the St. Louis Cardinals. They made some changes this week. It's not, it's not the first uh, – you know, they shook up their coaching staff. It's not the first time that it's happened I the Arizona Cardinals. I'm, on bat, I'm batting 1,000 today thinking about football in the middle of uh, June. So anyway, I, I think there was a lot of value in that interview. I, I really was excited. The, the Viola the way he talked about Viola really exciting. I got to tell you, make it happen. Get Worthen out of here. The next off day, make it happen. Because I'm telling you, this is the kind of guy the Mets need, and they're gonna sit around. He's gonna get a job somewhere, and he's gonna go on to a successful big league pitching coach career. And then everyone's gonna say, "Well, he's here. Why, why didn't he get a chance?" Well, you know, you're Dan Worthen. This isn't a Supreme Court justice. You can make changes. And if Sandy Koufax doesn't like it, he doesn't want to hang out in Port St. Lucie and chat with the pitchers, it's okay. The Mets will survive if Sandy Koufax doesn't hang around the ballpark in spring. Fred might be unhappy. Fred Wilpom might be unhappy. But the Mets will survive. Sandy Koufax, neither here nor there, will do respect. I'm sure he has a lot of value, but he shouldn't be... Because you always hear, I keep going back, you always hear how one of the reasons they don't want to fire Collins and Worthen is because it would upset Sandy Sandy Colfax. So whether that's true, I don't know. That was something that was thrown out. I think it was Mike Puma who threw it out on a tweet or an article a couple of years ago, and it drove me bananas. Anyway, I I thought this was a really fun show. I really enjoyed the Russ Langer segment. I thought he gave us some good stuff, and he he was under a a crunch because he was literally – getting ready for the game. So we were, we were about 30 minutes away from the ball game when I uh, called them and had a chance to chat with him. So uh, good stuff. The MLB draft uh, tomorrow, I know that there'll be a lot of stuff talked about with that. We'll get into that next week, so that'll be a big part of next week. This is a big homestand for the Mets. So you have the MLB draft, big Mets homestand. Uh, you know, next weekend could be, You know, I don't want to say you know, done over and out, but if they have a lousy homestand, I think you and I both know, that we'll be talking MLB draft, we'll start to think about who they could sell and who they could acquire in terms of assets, Subway Series, and then it's pretty much over. And then you and I are going to have to figure out what kind of show we're going to do come August because uh, it ain't going to be easy. And I hope that that's not the case because I think there's some fun players on this team. I think there's still an opportunity to have a fun season. You get into a wild card game, you never know. And uh, the Mets, ha- listen, by that time, maybe Syndergaard's back, Familia's back. Mets could be a very dangerous team. So, anyway, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I want to thank Russ Langer, play by play voice for the Las Vegas 51s, for joining us earlier today. Of course, you can check out the show all the time at MetsMorizedOnline.com. Send me a tweet at Mike Silva Media. And you can check out the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio, pretty much whatever podcasting service you desire. I am your host, Mike Silva. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday.